Hello everyone and welcome back to the third episode of the Chidiya Wood podcast. Today we'll be here, I'm here with uh, Tavin and Shitaj and Neil Smithages. Today we'll be discussing uh, the tra- latest transfers and transfer rumors then we'll be discussing the fixture ticker for the uh, Premier League and lastly we'll be going about with our uh, latest drafts for the FPL. So first of all welcome Tavin Hello. Good to be back. And welcome the... Chitaj. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry for the Sorry for not turning up last week. I was uh moving kind of. Yeah. So we are a week we missed a week because Tavin was uh traveling and So we're here Mr. with the lawyer. I'm guilty. Yeah, we're here a week later. So shall we start with the transfer news? Yeah. So in this week, uh, what has happened is, I mean, in the past two weeks actually, uh, we missed last week. So Rafael Varan uh, signing for Manchester United has been confirmed. I can officially uh, talk about it. Actually, I don't know if I should. Uh, There's still the medical pending, but let's assume that will happen. And uh, So yeah, it looks it's like it's been announced by the team so it's, it's 99.9% likely yeah i'm not sure about how confident we are about those statistics but uh, yeah it looks uh, like it's happening and we have a new partner for uh, harry maguire in the defense and uh, yeah it looks a lot more solid now because uh, the sort of tactically on a very surface level varan was uh, the sweeper behind the aggressive the more aggressive ramos for uh, about half a decade uh, or more even uh, during which uh, real madrid have been at the pinnacle uh, of the sport and uh, yeah so varan would sweep up behind an a slightly more aggressive uh, harry maguire who's like who plays more like a stopper and uh, of course the other two wing backs luke shaw and aaron van bissaka aaron van bissaka has been progressing and luke shaw had a very great season last year so yes it looks like the defense is uh, not shaping up to be very strong and uh, maybe more clean sheets this year yeah hopefully you guys think uh, you know varan is also apparently a fortnite fan and uh, he he stated before that he's taken inspiration from fortnite and you know a player who wants to come to united who chose united and really wanted to play at united that that also adds a lot of value and that will probably add to his performances so it will be yeah, i'm looking forward but he is unlikely to be starting the season yeah, because he still has to go through quarantine and yeah so, so he is coming i think uh, solskjaer said that he would like to be on the bench for the first game yeah i think i think varan has been linked with united for ever since like sir alex was managing united because like when varan first came into the scene like he was linked with manchester united and real madrid at the same time 
but at that time they couldn't get varan but now like once after his development in madrid now i think it's a good time that he's coming to united because the defense is going to be really really good at this point so like now that he has won the world cup he has enough experience uh playing with like world class world class players in the league Yeah, definitely yeah, comes a lot of experience. That that will add a lot yeah. of like comfort, I think, in in the in the defense. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully there are more clean sheets this season. Right. Yeah, he's coming from a different league, so he's coming from Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he obviously has bags of experience at the topmost level. He's won uh, all the top competitions that he's participated in, at least, and. Uh, but the premier league is still a different uh, animal to tame so i think it will take uh, time for him to bed in uh, to the league uh, and uh, maybe the first one month because he hasn't had a pre-season and he is in coming into a new league so i think it will take time so the first one month will be sort of a trying period and i'm not sure about how many minutes he will get uh maybe one month is a stretch but at least the first two weeks i i don't think uh they would try to rush him in although you have to keep him on the bench you have to keep him in around the scene because you've invested so much in him and uh, the kind of mentality that he probably brings you want in the dressing room for sure uh, from from the beginning yeah and like chitit said i mean things i think solskjaer has also confirmed this that uh So Alex Ferguson did try to sign him when he was, I think, eighteen or nineteen when he actually signed for Real Madrid, and uh, we didn't get him back then. But uh, uh, for good or for bad, we do have him now, at least. And uh, he is twenty-eight, about the same age as Harry Maguire, and uh, yeah, kind of exciting. If centre backs at least of twenty-eight, uh, I don't think that's a bad uh, age to buy them at. probably at least 3 or four more years at the top level depending on what kind of condition uh, they keep themselves in the kind of injury records that they have yeah oh yeah and they'll probably be at the peak right now so you know or approaching the peak at this age so definitely i mean look at ramos ramos is how old is ramos now probably 34 35 and still one of the biggest best defenders look at kelini look at bonucci so i think for a center back 28 is a really good age to purchase in when you want someone to be started straight into the first team yeah so, yeah exciting yeah do you think do you think though like now that varan is coming in like lindel of the like this position or or Is it Maguire? Like, who do you think has like a more solid base at the back at this point? I think it's Maguire who stays in the lineup. No question about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we missed him towards the end of the season uh, mm-hmm. as well, last time, and uh, he's a lot more vocal. You need someone who has to be vocal at the back. I mean, amongst all these back four, I can't imagine who else would be as vocal. Maybe if Dean Henderson starts him. But you still need uh, a leader figure, and he has been that for both the England and the Manchester United teams. 
so yeah, definitely him. Definitely, definitely. And, and uh, Lindelof always has injury scare, so that's another reason why you. I mean, if you had to compare between Maguire and Lindelof, then that's where that's another reason why Maguire would probably be chosen for a for a strong position and someone to stay throughout the season. And he's yeah, and he played really well for England as well. So. Yeah, taking nothing away from Lindelof. Lindelof had a good season. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. I mean, competition tournament with uh, Sweden as well. But uh, yeah, even said kind of tactically, uh, you would need a sort of more physical presence alongside uh, Varane or Lindelof. I mean, Harry Maguire is that. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I think Varane, the whole back four of. Uh, uh, Van Bissaka, Varan, uh, Maguire, and Shaw sounds quite strong on paper. If everyone mm. stays fit and everything goes well, that yeah, sounds extremely strong. Yeah. Hopefully, like they make it through the through the top sixteen in Champions League. Like with the defense, like last last season, I remember like the, their defense was like really suffering. So when the Champions League games were coming along. So, I think now that Baran is here, it's probably going to be a different story this time. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about players in their uh, prime, Harry Kane and Jack Grealish. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Jack Grealish transfer to Man City, 100 million. 100 million. Has so been confirmed. Yes, it is the uh, English uh, transfer record. I think the previous was probably uh, Harry Maguire. Wasn't it Pogba? Pogba was 89. Villa. I think I mean, anything for English player. Acha, acha, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as, as I was saying, so the Aston Villa CEO has come out and said that they wanted to keep Grealish and that Grealish said that he would go only, I mean, he, he said that he would be allowed, to, he signed a contract last year and he said that he would be allowed to go if there's a Champions League club that is coming in and if Aston Villa were not in the Champions League. So, um, City did come in and Aston Villa were not in the Champions League. City paid the 100 million uh, release clause, uh, which Aston Villa had set. And that's that. Um, yeah, and they have uh, now the very strong midfield of Man City looks even stronger. Yeah, they've yeah. given him the number 10 as well. Yeah, they've given him the number 10 on Sergio Aguero. Right? He'd probably it, start yeah. up as a false move. Yeah, that could be the case. Uh, although, uh, I think some recent press conferences have said that. Uh, Gabriel Jesus and uh, uh, Ferran Torres might play up front. So, mm-hmm. but we never really know with Pep uh, yeah. <laughs> what he might think of it and what uh, he might play around with. And uh, also, there are some uh, Pep. I think has said also that Bernardo Silva wants to leave the club, which yeah. is kind of surprising. Uh, I mean, he said something along the lines that Bernardo Silva and two, three other players. So he didn't mention the other two, three players, but he did mention Bernardo Silva specifically. Yeah, and he was an important player for them. So I guess yeah. uh, Grealish automatically 
examples in that spot at least. And uh, yeah, yeah. And talk about the false nine if uh, and yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the other possibility of the false no, no, nine would be a pure nine of Harry Kane if they are able to sign him. Although uh, that is a whole different uh, scenario right now because City have already spent about hundred billion on Grealish. Uh, how much more they would be willing to spend, we don't know. Maybe they generate some funds from the transfers. Uh, yeah, Kane has expressed that uh, he feels this is the right time to move ahead, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah. He's not showing up for training either. Yeah, although uh, recent reports have said that he's not showing up for training because of some other reasons, uh, not because... Uh, I mean, he hasn't specified those reasons very oddly. Uh, maybe he should specify those reasons um, yeah. for the fans to know. But he, in his... Uh, what, what did they say? In his, in his Twitter feed, he has said that uh, he didn't turn up for training uh, because of certain unknown reasons and... Uh, that he would be turning up for training, I think, tomorrow. And uh, but yeah, he's okay. he said before even the Euros that uh, he would think that this is a nice time to move. Obviously, there are other complications with that. And uh, yeah, it's just a very unknown situation. It's uh, it's a real game changer, like we discussed last time. If they uh, moves to City, I mean, they'll guaranteed a certain number of goals. Certain more number of goals than what City already scored last season. Yeah. What, what do you guys have to take from the whole be, situation? Yeah. If Kane does go to City, it'll be really very scary. I mean, it's, it's they've, they've improved upon a team that was already so good, and uh, it will be it, it could possibly become one of the best deals Premier League has ever seen. That's it in that case. Yeah, yeah but what, what do you think about the whole? Defense. What do you think about the whole scenario? Do you think he will move? I I think he's just he, he wants to move clearly with like how things are going at the moment. Because I I I still feel like there is like some internal things going on in Tottenham as well, which possibly might not. Like might not like make the move happen to City, so he's kind of like in the middle, of thinking like, oh, shall I make this move or not? That's what just my like personal. I don't know. I think he wants to move, but it's just a situation where Tottenham don't want him to move or are leveraging his position, his contact, etc., and saying that they don't want him to move for a higher transfer fee. Yeah, because if Grealish is going for 100 million, then I can't imagine how much he would go for. Yeah, would, this at least it'd be a lot more. Right. This situation is kind of like similar how Van Persie was facing in Arsenal at the at that time, right? Like when Van Persie was trying to like his whole objective was just to like win trophies, right? But he wasn't able to achieve that playing at Arsenal, and I feel like he. Like Harry, Harry Kane is going through that same kind of like situation, wherein he wants to like win trophies, but yeah. like it's not happening in Spurs. So he's just kind of like in the middle, in the middle of that, trying to figure out 
Yeah. He won't be able to do that as per se. I mean, he's a world class player. He's a top class player. And right. He, right. I mean, right. he has had. He has no trophies to his name, and he does for his own personal satisfaction. He does need trophies, and he's not going to get that at Tottenham for sure. And mm-hmm. right now, it's so, if there is a transfer at all, it is only City that can afford him. Right. So he's either going to City or he's having to stick to Tottenham, and he's, he has four years in his contract. So I would last till yeah, yeah till he's thirty-two or so. Then, I think not sure. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he makes it. to man city then like city will be like already they are like so strong they'll be even stronger if if uh, yeah that would be scary that be unstoppable at <laughs> yeah. all boss yeah yeah so moving on from one world class striker to another lionel messi um the whole situation of lionel messi is uh, quite frankly messy right now <laughs> Pun intended. So uh, it seems that uh, uh, what the La Liga do is this kind of set a spending cap on each of the teams, and uh, that cap is also kind of dependent on what kind of uh, revenues are generated or what kind of losses are reported by the clubs. And Barca has been uh, persistently reporting uh, some losses. and because of that there is some restriction on the spending and now of course messi's contract has expired and uh, messi actually flew to barcelona to sign a contract and uh, that's when it got all uh, uh messi and the yeah the the i think i don't know is he called the director uh, joan laporte of barcelona said that uh, it's simply not possible they can't afford uh, to have messi and uh, yeah. so just overnight within a few hours the news broke and it is all chaos that messi is actually not going to play for barcelona anymore and uh, since then the joan laporta has come out a couple of times and said that it's simply not possible i mean it's still hard to believe that messi not play for will not play for barcelona anymore and uh, yeah. i don't know i i i'm 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 kind of still in shock i mean i have no emotional attachment to messi or to barcelona i mean maybe i do slightly I, that's why i'm feeling this kind of shock but to imagine him playing for another club just doesn't feel right and yeah uh, it just feels wrong i mean messi and barcelona that's something you've been hearing for so long it's i mean that's a story that's meant to be and yeah that's suddenly out of nowhere when the news comes that you know i mean messi did he wanted to stay he, he wanted to stay barcelona wanted to keep him so it was, it's kind of sad to see and yeah sad to see he he was even willing to take a large pay cut in order to stay there but yeah this just wasn't possible at all yeah and now uh, looks like PSG are the front runners to uh, sign him. Uh, looks like Neymar is playing some part in trying to get the deal over the line. And uh, I've read somewhere that Messi will not even wear the jersey number ten. All the Neymar will offer him all that. All that stuff has also come out. I think it's a bit uh, premature. Uh, PSG will also have to figure out how to 
pay a sufficient amount of money to uh, Messi and how to arrange for funds from for that. I mean, uh, they have signed uh, four players on a free. I mean, they signed three players on a free, and Messi might be their fourth, if I'm not mistaken. But all of these players that have come in are on huge uh, wages, so that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, the year-long wages are as good as uh, good new signings, really. So, yeah, it's either PSG or uh, Man City, and Shitesh and I were having a bit of a discussion uh, about how he may or may not fit into Man City. Um, yeah, Shitesh, you want to go first? Yeah, like right now, I just feel like Man City's style of play is like so different from how like Barcelona play with Messi, right? Because I, I like I don't know, like is it it. It's very different how Messi plays for Barca and in Argentina, right? For example, like his the whole game, the whole team is like surrounded around Messi, just with an with an objective of just like find him somehow because he's so good at like dribbling the ball in like really tight spaces, right? Like how many times have we seen like Messi just just taking on like five, six, seven players at at once and just going in for the goal, right? So, and City, like with with City, it's they they don't they don't have that type of play. They they like to play like very like compact and like spread out at the same same time, which is I I, I don't think a suitable system for Messi Messi to fit in at this point. Maybe or maybe earlier if he if he came in when Man City were like not so established, maybe then that time it would be. But right now, like I, I feel like City are like very well established as to who is supposed to play where, uh, and their like their like, like style of play is like really fast compared to how like Barcelona are playing at at, at this point right. Now. Even like Messi, he, like he's also like in his like mid thirties right now, probably thirty four or something. Yeah, yeah probably thirty four. So, yeah, I, I I I think he should like go to where uh, he has more of like a free role, where, like how Rooney kind of transitioned, right? Like from a forward position, like wherein he would just drop in down to the midfield and help out the midfield. Like that type of position, wherein he could possibly play anywhere. But the, that that system, I don't think, is in City right now, as as, as far as it has. But yeah, like what do what do you guys think? That those are just like my, my thoughts. Go ahead, Tavin. You had some points first. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, I agree with you that what Messi has become now is uh, very different from what he ha- he was earlier. I mean, Pep Guardiola did have a certain style of play and uh, that worked with Messi earlier. Uh, but I think that has developed a bit as well. So, football in general has developed in the past 10 years. Uh, that is one thing. And uh, so accordingly, Pep Guardiola also has developed in a certain way in the past 10 years. Uh, whether or not uh, two of the greatest, I mean, the one of the greatest managers ever, Pep Guardiola, 
uh, would be able to set up a, uh, a sort of system with one of the best players of all time, Lionel Messi, I think that is definitely possible. Uh, it may not be the same as, as it was last time, but uh, it will be slightly different. But I understand your point that what Barcelona have right now is obviously a large dependency on Messi and it will be very interesting to see how they manage without him. I think there will be uh, a settling in period, you know, for the for the next one or two years where Barcelona will be a sort of team transition and try to find an identity or recapture their own identity. Yeah. But uh, Messi is now definitely seems like more of a, a more of the mold of a player which PSG forwards are, which is basically Neymar and Mbappe, who will uh, walk around for uh, 60 minutes of the game and then for the remaining 20-30 minutes, they're very severely involved. And uh, there are certain bursts, uh, bursts of runs and the, their individuality kind of comes out a bit more. Whereas, you were rightly said, City are more of a team uh, mm. thing now. If they lose the ball, they try and uh, get it back very quickly from the opposition. They'll try and, uh, you know, press up top. But at the yeah. same time, they have the ball most of the time. So, I don't think... If Messi does go to City, I I think they're definitely going to make it work somehow. But whether or not make, it makes sense on another level is that Messi is now 34. If he does come in, they'll only rely on him for a couple of years. That would be true for any team that Messi goes to. You have to make him, you have to make use, the best use of him. But at the same time, you have to be sure that whatever you're getting, you're only getting for about two, three, four years. And... Uh, yeah, another thing about Messi is that uh, he's also a very excellent passer. He has excellent vision. Yeah. So that there's no question as to whether he can transform his game into something like a Rooney uh, mm-hmm. sort of mold player. But again, his defensive work rate is something to question. And in the modern game, uh, the defensive duties, you know, the high pressing, the, the, uh, the energy that you need to bring slightly mm-hmm. is very important. So... Yeah, I don't know. What, what uh, next? Yeah. I mean, I think um, he is, at least from what I can see, he's most likely to go to PSG. PSG is the only team that has, has been direct contact with him. And yeah. Pep Guardiola himself has said that there's no chance of Messi coming. But, I mean, when there's been a situation in the past where Pep has lied in the, on, in the press. Uh, and so, but I think if you just try and imagine the... We've talked about Messi fitting into City, but if you try and imagine him fitting into PSG, a front line of Neymar, Mbappe and Messi. Just thinking about that, just like if, if they don't win the Champions League this time, if they don't walk through it, then I'm not sure which team would. Yeah, I mean, uh, Neymar... Uh... Neymar, Messi, and Suarez was there before, and <laughs> yeah, they, they were quite lethal. And uh, Mbappe isn't exactly Suarez; uh, he's a different kind of player. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, a scary prospect, especially with the kind of uh, additions which they have had in defense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Ramos and Messi play on the same team. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
and talking about uh, killer front lines of uh, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, I'd like to shift to another killer front line developing at Aston Villa of uh, Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings, and uh, Danny Ings. Yeah, and so, Leon Bailey. So I think. Uh, so I'll just give a bit of a background. So it, the owner of uh, Aston Villa, uh, in his uh, sort of uh, Twitter video or whatever, said that uh, they'd never intended to replace Grealish with one player because Grealish was kind of versatile. So very uh, smartly, this is how they've tried to replace uh, uh, Grealish, which is by buying, uh, firstly, they bought Emi Buendia from Norwich. Then they brought Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen, and then they brought in uh, Danny Ings from Southampton. And uh, I think this is a very uh, and they did all this before the Grealish deal was even announced. So I think that's a very uh, nice way of uh, dealing with things, you know, being proactive and trying to fix things before uh, things get broke. So it's c- kind of like uh, before. Grealish even left before Aston Villa had about 100 million to spend. Uh, they bought in these players. What that? What kind of an advantage that brings is uh, clubs really don't know that. Uh, I mean, if if I am the CEO of Aston Villa, clubs don't know that I have 100 million uh, money to spend. So the kind of prices which are quoted to me, for example, if Dannings, otherwise, if if a club knew that uh, I want Dannings and then they knew that I have 100 mil. Uh, my my price for Danny Ings may have gone up from about 30 million to maybe even 50 million. And that kind of thing is, um, yeah, th- that kind of uh, is, is a crazy price. But um, yeah. yeah, so this is a very smart thing. And this is something which uh, Leicester City have been doing for a while now. So uh, they kind of try to replace their players even before uh, other players. Uh, you know, are sold. For example, they replaced Engolo Conte with, uh, I think, Wilfred NDD, uh, even before Conte. NDD, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've uh, now brought in Pat- Patson Daka as well, even before, you know, Jamie Vardy has sort of uh, reaching his uh, twilight. Uh, I mean, Jamie Vardy is again number 34, I think, now. So he's going to slow down, uh, and that's a huge part of his game. So even before that, they've brought in Patson Daka. They're going to probably give him some time to bed in. Uh, and then, yeah, so that sort of a transition thing is really uh, smart by Aston Villa. And I just wanted to add it over here. You guys want to say anything yeah. on that? I think it's not just that they made the transfers before it became public that they had 100 million to spend. But uh, I think also another thing that is really smart about it is that they got the players before the other teams knew that they were needed. If Grealish was sold, then the other teams would know, okay, they need these players to come in. And therefore, automatically, the prices rise. So it's not just that we, they have the money to spend, but that also obviously adds a lot. And also that there's a need for the player, for Grealish to be replaced. And they know that players selling to Aston Villa would know that, uh, teams selling to Aston Villa would know that, you know, they need the player, so therefore we can artificially increase the price. Yeah, I think yeah, it was definitely really smart. Yeah, I think another thing to add on this would be like getting extra players for the same position 
creates also like squad depth, right? So if at all like a player wants to move or like if the player gets injured, there is always like a replacement with the same amount of quality which is required in the team to succeed, right? So I think like that that part also can be like added to like yeah. Yeah, definitely. So they've uh, replaced one player in Grealish with three players and three players of quite good quality. I mean, Buendia and Ings even have experience in the Premier League. It's not going to take them too much time to gel in. And Leon Bailey has been uh, doing very well in the Bundesliga. And uh, it was kind of even, it was even a kind of surprise to see Aston Villa sign him because uh, uh, even better teams, I mean, the uh, Historically, better teams could have gone for him. And I think uh, signing Ings uh, from Southampton. Southampton are also uh, uh, a regular Premier League team now. They've, they're sort of a semi-permanent part of it now. And signing them uh, from Southampton. Most people would imagine Southampton and Aston Villa to be on a similar level. Mm-hmm. And signing them from Southampton kind of uh, sends a bit of a message that, uh, yeah, we're pushing. We, are, we want to... Uh, go a bit beyond what we have been doing. We don't want to just stick from mid table. We're, we're planning to get at a higher level. That's uh, yeah. That, that's really nice to see. Yeah, I have a good segue now. Go. Speaking of one player being replaced by many, uh, when Bale was replaced by seven, the last of the seven is leaving now, Lamella, and so when Bale had left. Seven players were signed by Tottenham, including Etienne Capu, Christian Eriksen, Paulinho, etc. And Lamella is the last person to leave from those seven. And he's being replaced by certain Brian Gill. Uh, Brian Gill is a player from... So Brian uh, Hill. Hill. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm, I haven't really heard him pronounce, heard his name pronounced. Hill. Coming from SDA bar from <clears throat> La Liga, and uh, so I have his stats pulled up. So he played 29 games for Abar. He created 49 chances, four goals, three assists, and 16 shots on target. So I mean, it isn't extremely great, but at the same time, Abar is uh, got. They came last in La Liga, so. He is coming from a team that did uh, form really bad. So his, I don't think we can really look on his stats per se to judge whether he played really well or not. And I haven't seen him personally. But yeah, just wanted to add that Lamella is the last person from the seven. Yeah. And uh, I, did, did Aibar really finish uh, last in yep. La Liga? Last. Does, does that mean Lamela? It's a swap deal, right? Yeah, it's a swap. So Lamela is going to League Two, second really? league of. Yeah. Are <laughs> you sure? You know, I was surprised. I have it open right now. About last. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why Lamela would do that. I mean, maybe he just wants to chill or something. Anyway, maybe. yeah. So Brian Hill, or oh, what I've heard is that he's a left-footed uh, winger, and he's like a yeah. winger winger. He's not a modern day uh, okay. inverted winger. Cut inside winger. Huh. Yeah. So he's a left footer who plays in the left wing. And uh, 
yeah, if uh, Harry Kane stays, maybe he'll benefit from his crossing ability, etc. And I think Brian is very young. He's 19. I'll check, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, so it's like, uh, I don't know, it's not exactly a sideways move by Tottenham, you know, replacing Lamela by Hill, uh, because he is one for the future. Hmm. He's 20. Yeah, that's quite young. So at the yeah. age of 19, uh, getting those kind of numbers for a relegated team is, I don't think that's too bad. He's, I think you said yeah. four goals and three assists. That's not bad. And he did create a lot of chances. He created around 40 chances, 46 chances. So yeah. it's not bad. 49 chances. Yeah, obviously, the quality of those chances will kind of depend on the kind of crosses he was putting in. Uh, True. Crosses may not be very high quality chances, regardless of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't know much about him. Yeah, and then moving on to another signing from Tottenham for Tottenham. Uh, Christian Romero. He has recently been announced for uh, 55 million. I think it's a, is it a loan to, uh, and, and an option to buy? No, I think that's so. what was late, latest okay. announced, that they have an option to buy. I mean, I think it's likely to be bought by 2022, by next year. I mean, it is a compulsory buy by 2022. And he's a central defender from Atlanta. Atlanta team that played really well last uh, last season. I was going to say last semester, last season for sure. Uh, yeah, he, Atlanta played really well, and so I have some of his stats pulled up. So he played thirty-one games uh, for Atlanta, sixty-three tackles, seventy fouls, and scored two goals, and he won thirty-two tackles. So, yeah, any thoughts from you guys? Yeah, he's. Uh... Atlanta have not only been doing well last season, but also for the past few seasons. I think they finished third in the Syria for three or four years now. And uh, okay, yeah, and uh, he's also recently represented Argentina at the Copa America. He started in the finals, so he's also a go. He's also won the Copa America with Argentina, Messi. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Last three seasons, they came third. All three seasons. Yeah, that, that's that's very good. Uh, yeah, for a sort of unknown team uh, who mostly right have. I mean, they don't spend big, right? We haven't heard of that much. So I think it's a very good signing, and he's he's a regular player for them. And uh, yeah, that that's a very nice move for Tottenham. And. Uh, Considering they did have some problems with centre back last year, so yeah, it's a good signing. Although again, he's coming from a different league, uh, from the Italian league, so he'll take some time to bed in. Maybe a few mistakes in the first few games that he plays, right. but uh, definitely one promise. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then moving on to another uh, defender, another swap deal is uh, Chelsea's Kunde to Zuma and Kunde Zuma swap. So Kunde is central defender from Sevilla, who also I think they played really well in the yeah, yeah they came fourth in La Liga and yeah and Euros uh, Europa. 
and yeah, so some of his stats I have pulled up. He played 17 games, 16 tackles, 16 fouls, and one goal and tackles one nine. So yeah, I don't think he was uh, the first center back, the main center back to start, but he started a lot of the game. He is, I think, he's pretty young, I believe. Yeah, he's quite young. And uh, I'll just add here that he also yeah. played a few games at right back for France in the Euros. Oh. I think uh, okay. one or two games, yeah. Mm. So he's sort of versatile yeah. as well. And uh, Chelsea play three at the back. So they're right. kind of looking for Kunde as a right centre-back. Mm. I think that'll be a very good signing as well. He was also linked to Manchester United uh, earlier, but uh, we're getting Rafael Varan, who needs Kunde. Yeah, we're getting Rafael Varan. Yeah, he's 22. He's born in the same year as me, 98. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see how they how it works out. Yeah, I think he's a good player. Also, uh, yeah. this means that Zuma is going the other way. I mean, <laughs> it's even said that uh, they'll be Chelsea will be paying some extra uh, money along. So it's Zuma plus some amount of money for Kunde. Uh, so that's, that's how. Yeah, that's how well. Uh, that's how well regarded he is, uh, uh, Kunde. And uh, yes, Zuma was really good, uh, especially for our FPL teams uh, last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of last season. Uh, but uh, yeah, looks like he's going out. And Zuma, I think he's also a Chelsea youth product. I'm not very sure, but he's been there for a long time, uh, despite not being so old. So Yeah, he's, he's, he's 26. Yeah. And so he looks like he hasn't made it, and at least Tuchel does not like him. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. And then talking about who Tuchel may like to have uh, a striker in Romelu yep. Lukaku from Inter yeah. Milan. So, uh, it's a huge transfer. Yeah, yeah. It's expected. They've apparently put in a bid of uh, above 110 million right now. And Lukaku has expressed that he does want to leave. So it would be a huge signing. And I think they, I mean, despite having brought in Timo Werner, they have had a lot of difficulty in the forward position. So, I think Lukaku there would be quite scary. Yeah, I don't know. And I, he has I, played I, Premier League before. Lukaku's first match is so bad. <laughs> he would disagree. <laughs> But like, yeah. and yeah, that's what you were saying. He was at Man United. Yeah. Like, he was clumsy with the ball. Like, don't you guys think that? Like, whenever like he would get like a lofted ball, like, he would like be clumsy with it. Yeah, he did have a. I mean, he he didn't he doesn't have the best of touches, and uh, I've read somewhere that his touch yeah. may have improved and things like that, but. Uh, I think it's just that the Premier League gives you a lot less time on the ball and uh, mm -hmm. these sort of things sort of get amplified. So you have a bad touch. Mm -hmm. In another league, uh, a slightly bad touch may not may mean that you lose the ball. Mm -hmm. But in the Premier League, it's a lot more faster, things a lot more intense. So uh, maybe a bad touch does mean that you lose the ball and things like that. 
and uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I really don't like Lukaku as a character. Kind of whines a lot, and you know, tries to portray. Oh, I'm. I've been uh, put down all my life, and I'm going to fight hard and all of that. I mean, that's fine. Uh, oh, but yeah, that, that's a different thing. Uh, signing for Chelsea probably very be very good, but I don't think he'll be a very uh, great player over the long term, at least maybe a couple of years at the max, and then he'd probably just say Chelsea are not treating him right, and blah blah blah, something's happening, and he has to move on again. That's my take on Lukaku, and uh, yeah. It's, Chelsea are kind of building to some. If Lukaku does come in, they're kind of building towards something, something kind of volatile because Tuchel is already quite volatile. Roman Abramovich, their owner, is a volatile personality. Now, if Lukaku comes in, that's an added level of uh, volatility to the whole situation. So, while I am afraid of Chelsea on the whole, and uh, I will be a slightly more afraid if Lukaku comes in. I don't think it's very significant in the long term. So I, I don't feel like very uncomfortable by Chelsea. I don't feel the same sort of discomfort that I felt that I feel with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, not exactly related to Lukaku, but that's what I had in mind. I thought I'll get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So I think. Uh, uh, yeah, so actually, when we're talking about the whole Christian Romero thing, and we're talking about Chelsea strikers, uh, there is the possibility that if uh, Lukaku, I mean, the whole Lukaku to Chelsea transfer will kind of cascade into uh, Lukaku into Chelsea, and then uh, uh, Inter may target the Atlanta striker Duan Zapata, and if that happens, then Atlanta may target the Chelsea striker. Uh, Tammy Abraham. So that is a interesting thing to look out for. This whole cycle of uh, transfers which may happen. Have you guys heard about it? What do you think? <laughs> I haven't read much about. It. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Yeah, this is a little glitchy. Seriously, yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was hearing Savin go on about Lukaku, and uh, but I know Savin doesn't really like Lukaku, and he during the Euros also avoided him for the fantasy team. But I think uh, he paid the price of not taking Lukaku and Ronaldo. Due to his dislike, so I think Lukaku he has improved a lot since United, and he is regarded as a top class striker. So I think it would be scary. But like Tavin said, I completely agree with that. Um, he tells him even though they made so many big signings, I don't see the, I don't see that threat. I don't, see, I don't feel scared of as much. As I would with uh, City, yeah. Yeah, there's the, that's also interesting because um, so City are more. Is anything to be more to the last transfer that we have? 
that is yeah i, yeah. I was just saying uh, that uh, why we don't fear uh, chelsea yeah. as much as we fear city is because uh, city are more of an attacking force while chelsea are more of a defensive force maybe that is why there's just this perception in our heads i mean chelsea would win a game by not conceding and nicking um, a goal or two whereas city are right. more likely to score two or three that's so probably maybe, right yeah that's maybe why uh, we feel like that yeah okay. and uh, i feel like lukaku's transfer won't make much of a difference to this current chelsea as far as like they're concerned at the moment like with their team right now yeah it's very like fast paced compared to like lukaku who's slightly like not at the same level as the other chelsea players right and uh, chelsea attack more on the counter and things like that and mm-hmm. lukaku is quite fast and quite you know like a uh, juggernauty type of character where he, i mean it just feels that way he's got a lot of energy a lot of momentum but uh, yeah i maybe it's just because i don't rate him that much but i, I don't know it just doesn't scare me as much as something like harry kane to manchester city would yeah Yeah, I think we can move on to the last transfer uh, which we have to discuss, and that is uh, Marlon to uh, Dortmund. So looks like uh, I think Dortmund are another team that actually do uh, replace with pragmatism, and they replace before they need to. They feel the need. So before Jadon Sancho has gone out, they already have at least one or two players who are good enough to step in. um but uh, regardless of that now they've brought in malen who is uh, also a young player and uh, they just wanted to talk about him he's just 22 years of age and again i'm this i'm the stat man so i have a stat pulled up so psv he played 32 games scored 19 goals and got eight assists which is a really good record and He did play a couple of games for Netherlands as well. Got two assists there in the Euros, so, and we know that uh, you know Dortmund ha- are a club that are good at finding the young talent and growing them up, and growing them up. I mean, like growing them as a player and nurturing them. So it'll be really interesting. So they have found Malen, who so it'll be interesting to see how he grows and yeah, how he plays. Probably another. He might be a huge transfer down the line later on. Who knows? Is he a centre forward? Yeah, he's forward. He is a centre forward. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he 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 played with. Uh, he replaced. He used to come on for Depay. I think during the Euros as well. Right. So yeah, centre forward. But it'll be interesting to see. And another thing I wanted to add with the Lukaku thing is I. I A reason why I hope that Lukaku does go to Chelsea is, if uh, Kane goes to City and they've gotten Grealish, Chelsea, Lukaku goes to Chelsea. I think we'd be the front runners to getting Haaland next season, United. So I do hope for this Lukaku transfer to happen so that we are, it's it'll be a lot easier to get Haaland because we, we we'll probably need a striker next season if since when Cavani does leave and. And we have the Norwegian pool as well as Sancho pool right now. So I think it would be it'd be it'd be fun if yeah if Lukaku does go to Chelsea, then I would hope I hope Lukaku does go to Chelsea. 
I mean, that's one competition down. Uh, we don't know if uh, uh, City will send Kane. And we don't know. Yeah, I'm if... saying at least one competition down. Right yeah. now, he's the most heavily linked to Chelsea itself. So, Yeah, uh, I mean, lots can happen in between. But uh, <laughs> definitely uh, a nice thing to take out of the whole Lukaku to Chelsea transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of transfers? No, I think that's it. We covered a lot. Okay. I've just been informed that India may be winning its first gold medal of this Olympics. <laughs> oh. Yeah. In which sport? I don't know uh, what game is going on right now. Oh, it's the javelin throw. Nice. Yeah, and this is Neera Chopra. I think in the qualifiers as well, he went way beyond even the the favorite to win. And uh, in the qualifiers, he uh, he did so well that he was directly uh, given a ticket to the final. And that is the wow. event which is going on right now. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, there are multiple qualifiers, but in this case, it looks like. Uh, he was given a direct to the final and he's done well in the final as well. And he is right now leading. Looks like nice. Okay, I think we can keep track of that as well. But uh, in the meantime, we can also move towards the fixture ticker. And uh, so I'll just go through a brief of what the fixture ticker looks like uh, for the benefit of anyone listening and who doesn't know. So the fixture ticker basically shows uh, every team and uh, kind of rates uh, uh, the games which they have to face. Uh, and it kind of assigns uh, colors or some sort of a difficulty scheme. So a team uh, which is difficult uh, to face, for example, Man City would uh, definitely be red or in this case, uh, maroon as assigned by uh, the official FPL uh, fixture ticker and the easier games would be in uh, green and the sort of moderate games are shown in uh, gray. So different uh, fixture tickers have different color schemes, uh, a larger number of gradients. This one has three colors, uh, four colors if you include the Manchester City maroon and uh, uh, yeah, so this kind of helps you identify for example, uh, if you look at Brentford, uh, the first few games, the first five games, they do not have any red games. But obviously, this comes with the caveat that uh, Brentford are a team that is promoted and you do not expect them to uh, do very well from the off very easily. And uh, yeah, so this kind of helps you identify, at least from an FPL perspective, uh, what kind of teams you'd want to start with. For example, uh, if you look at Norwich City, you look at the first four fixtures and you know you don't want any players from the team, at the beginning at least. Right? And uh, yeah, I think Tejas has identified a few good teams, bad teams, etc. So Tejas yeah. want to get so I think like Just to add to the Brentford aspect also, if you look at Brentford, they 
the first four teams it's not just you don't need to look at the just the colors also you look at the teams also so for example arsenal are grayed out arsenal are probably a, will probably be a tough team for brentford aston villa is grayed out aston villa is known for scoring brighton hope albion is uh, green but they are known for having a solid defense and creating chances so even in that case i mean it's not just the colors you should also look at the teams that fixture ticker won't always give you the right give a give a give the right indication so yeah so yeah and uh, so sometimes they divide it into uh, attacking fixture ticker and defensive fixture ticker as well based on how well attacking yeah. and defensive fixture tickers are available. we're just showing the basic and one and discussing it here yeah but, yeah obviously it should uh, not be taken for its face value but also be judged based on uh, these other things yeah there is yeah yeah so i'll try and go as quickly as possible so so i've found some teams that have generally uh, I've looked at the first 10 fixtures for each team and a uh, few teams that have good fixtures is uh, brighton so brighton is facing uh, burnley watford everton brentford leicester crystal palace arsenal norwich and then they start to have city and liverpool so for the first eight fixtures, Brighton seem to have a good uh, set of fixtures, and they are known for having a decent defense and creating a lot of chances, although not taking them most of the time. But so that's where some of their players come really handy in a, in an FPL team. So if you look at Sanchez, who's just 4.5, then their defense, they have Dunk, Weltman at 5 and 4.5 million. Then they have some midfielders like Trossard who did really well at the end of the season last time. And they have some cheap forwards as well that who are who could be options like Moapai and uh, Welbeck. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correct, Moapai, but yeah. Then we have another team, Everton. Mopai. Everton, there is Moapai, okay. Then we have Everton. Leeds, Leicester, Everton is, uh, they have Southampton, Leeds, then Brighton, then Burnley, then Aston Villa, then Norwich. So if you can see the first five fixtures itself is still, still United, it's mostly decent fixtures for Everton. And then you post that, that next three fixtures is West Ham, uh, Watford and Wolves. So they have some really good fixtures and they have a few players from each, in each, uh, let's say, I mean, forward, defense, etc. and goalkeeper as well. So you have Pickford, who's, who played really well in the Euros. So he's also a good option at five, although that defense is known to be a little shaky. And then you have Dinier at 5.5, who is known for getting his assists. And you have then Calvert-Lewin at 8 million, who is known for getting goals, who did really well last season as well. So Everton, yeah, I think, but... is a team. Yeah. Yeah, Everton have a new manager. And uh, they have a manager who is sort of uh, relies on uh, the defensive ability, Rafa Benitez. So, right. I think over the long run, uh, they will become uh, maybe better defensively. But I'm mm. just a bit scared that uh, that may not yeah. happen right away. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. This is a little scary. That's why I'm not sure about investing into their goalkeeper. Because otherwise, their fixtures are perfect for taking investing in their defense, taking a defender like Dine or even goalkeeper like Pickford because 
at five five million, if you can get that point five million extra and get in Pickford, I think that could also be an investment. But then again, it's a little scary. And Calvert Lewin has is a known goal scorer, so I think Calvert Lewin has, has to be one of the options in almost every team in FPL. Then we have Leeds. Leeds does start off a little rough. For example, say even here in Leeds, if you look at the Leeds fixtures, it's United is red and then Everton is red as well. So Everton at home also, that too. So although Everton, had, again, yeah, depends on how well they are able to defensively adapt, but Leeds are known for getting the, the goals and they have a lot of cheap options that you can look in, uh, you can look into, especially in midfield and in defense, even the goalkeeper is just five. And you have Luke Ayling, you have Dallas at 5.5, you have Harrison at 6, you have Trafini at 6.5, only at 6.5, and then you have Bamford. So, on Leeds, I'll just add, uh, looking at these fixtures, I'm not sure if I'm too uh, swayed by the Manchester United and the Liverpool games. Everton don't seem very scary to me right now. So, um, maybe a sort of a rotation option player. Uh, uh, for the Liverpool and the United games, and yeah, it seems like uh, they have a good set of games in the first seven, eight at least. Yeah, so Leicester, Leicester, they have a good run of fixtures. They just have a few difficult fixtures in the first ten. They have City, United, and then maybe you can look at Arsenal or uh, West Ham. And even in a lot of cases for a lot of teams, West Ham is also red, which is a little surprising. To me, right. personally, because I mean, you're putting them at the same uh, level as teams like United and City, and so Leicester do have a. I think we have lost Tejas. So Tejas was talking about uh, West Ham being rated the same as uh, Arsenal, United, and Leicester, etc. I think that that is a bit. Uh, off, but uh, yeah, but yeah. West, West Ham is like a mid-table team. Right? Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. But but in the, in the Premier League, I guess like a mid-table team is also pretty, not really. Uh, I guess they they put in yeah. That's why a lot of fixture tickers have their extra colors to differentiate between a Manchester United, Chelsea, and Liverpool versus. Right. Uh, Teams like uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, and West Ham. Okay, and sure. okay, okay. So one thing I wanted to ask you was: Is does this only depend upon like the strength of like the team it's facing, or is it just like the fixture which is like really difficult, or, or like which is like green or red? Or, like, I think uh, different people who make the fixture tickers they have their own algorithms. I think this is just based on how good a team is. So, so they so, so they take into criteria like how the form is of that team coming into this. Like no, I I don't think they are just dynamically. So halfway through the season, I don't throughout the season. I think these colors would remain the same. Okay. Yeah. So like yeah. like what, what I, like what I mean to say is like for example like a rival game would be like really intense right between both teams so that would yeah. that be like red or no. is it or or is it like if if any team is playing like uh, playing against man city or manchester united or like any of the top teams right only then it is red 
yeah it's only the top teams thing were being read and uh, uh i think this is just more or less like a sort of uh, guiding uh, uh table which is to see uh, that which teams have what kind of games and which teams you can have uh, players from got and it, got it. Yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, it's not something which needs to be taken very seriously. Yeah. But yeah, like based, like depending upon like the fixture, like we must take our like starting eleven, right? Who should start like that week? Like for example, yeah. like Aston Villa in this case, like like from the fourth box, right? It's not like a good idea to pick any of the players from Aston Villa, right? Because yeah, obviously it might be. More Exactly. So the, the first three fixtures of Aston Villa are very very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Two promoted teams and one uh, sort of relegation battle team uh, from last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but the that's the whole uh, idea that if you do take a Aston Villa player or if you take two Aston Villa players, you should be able to either have players on your bench uh, for this period, mm-hmm. for this tough period, or you make sure that you plan to have one transfer. uh after the third game week to bring in somebody else who has better sort of uh, uh games after that for example if you look at wolves here their fixtures turn here so maybe you could take a striker from or a defender from <coughs> aston villa or i mean whatever and then okay. after three games you aim to take uh, some other player maybe from wolves or watford who seem to have better games later yeah that's the kind of thing which uh, these fixture tickers uh, help with okay. Okay. and uh, yeah they just who next yeah okay yeah, yeah so i Lester think we can talk about that yeah so lester do have decent fixtures there are a few bad fixtures like they just have city and united i think that are really difficult fixtures in the first 10 and yeah not counting arsenal of course but yeah they have their defender i have put in fofana in the list but fofana has been i think injured recently so that's a little that's a difficulty there then otherwise their defenders are a little expensive on the expensive side evans is 5.5 and then coming to their forwards midfield also you can go for maybe madison or barnes depending upon whether barnes you can judge is barnes on loan from uh, and they then they have ianacho who's was it barnes league champion no he's a leicester player no yeah and then we have okay now then we have ianacho again who is slightly uh, there's a slight risk of him whether he's going to play or not depending upon whether the manager goes for madison or ianacho but he did end strong last season so if we're sure that he's going to play then yeah then he's probably a great pick otherwise wardy is a little expensive on the expensive side at 10.5 then of course the last team that i've put on the good matches list is liverpool liverpool have a great run of fixtures they have norwich then burnley but then they have a few difficult games in the middle so it's like game week 3 they have chelsea but then they have leeds crystal palace and brentford and then then after that they have a city game then they have watford and the united game and then they have brighton so they have a good chunk of they have good games and then one difficult game and again a few good games and one difficult game so i think 
Liverpool is a team that you have to have players from, whether it's two or three or one, whatever. But I think Liverpool is definitely a requirement. I think Salah is a player that is a must-have in any FPL team. He's yeah, and then we have other options. Although, so when it comes to Trent, I like to think of it as investing in a 7.5 midfielder instead of a 7.5 defender who has the perks of getting the defensive uh, attacking returns. Yeah. So, but he is 7.5. He is the most expensive, and they have Robertson as well. Then, apart from that, I think another option that you can look at possibly is Jota. Although Jota, there is a there's a the issue of rotation whether he will get the minutes or will Mane get the minutes. So that's the only problem with Jota. Otherwise, he's at 7.5 million. And I think another option that could be looked into is Van Dijk. He is back this season. He is 6.5 million. So if you want to invest in the Liverpool defense and don't have too much money, then I think Van Dijk could be an option. Surely you go for Robertson at seven. You have you get point for from somewhere there rather than take Van Dijk. And definitely, but I'm saying if you want to really, I mean, I I don't see Robertson that way. You will say that okay, if you want to go for a winger, a wing back, then you'd say okay, get that point five from somewhere and go for Trent. So no, I'm saying if you want to go for a double up, I mean, most likely if you are going for. A Liverpool defender, you try and go for. Yeah, I, I get what you mean, though. But yeah, so if you don't have that money, so it's like if you don't want to spend that extra one million or point five million on a defender, then Vandyke is possibly an option. Is that's all I'm saying. And I mean, he does get attacking returns as well here and there. Yeah, but now Vandyke is coming out of injury. Yeah, I mean, but he's training. He's uh, also uh, playing the. Pre-season matches, so let's see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. maybe midway through season, like if one of the kind of yeah, probably get a transfer. Yeah, then yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very yeah. sure about the Liverpool defense either. I mean, uh, firstly, if you look at the Chelsea and City games, they're likely to concede there. Uh, the other games are pretty strong. Uh, I agree, mm-hmm. but. Uh, how solid they're going to be, we, we actually can't be sure because they had problems at centre back last year. This year they do have Van Dijk back, but they also have uh, Ibrahim Konate who they've signed, who's new to the league, and uh, they generally have injuries to Joel Matip or uh, Joe Gomez. So it's always been slightly unstable, and uh, it may happen again. And as Shrithi said, yeah, Van Dijk is coming back after some, uh, I think, a nine-month yeah. layoff. Or even more, so that's kind of risky. I'm I'm not a hundred percent convinced by the Liverpool defense yet. So I am uh, in, the, right. in my draft. I'll show that I am going with a Liverpool defender, but that's also because of his attacking returns, and you know who it is now. Yeah. <laughs> then I have a team with fixtures that are a mixture of good and bad. So we have uh, Arsenal in the first list. So they have start off well with Brentford. But then they have a double game of Chelsea and City, and after that they have Norwich and Burnley, and then they have Tottenham. So it's a mixture of fixtures. They have also Leicester in the first ten. They have Villa also in the first ten, and they have Brighton as well. So it's a, it's not the best fixtures, but they have pretty decent fixtures. So I think um, it is possible to invest in a few of their players, but probably not best to take their extremely expensive players like Aubameyang. So 
they have some decent options in Saka at 6.5, whether he'll start off straight away or not after England, not sure. Then they have Smithrow at 5.5, who has been given the number 10 shirt. So it's likely that we will see him getting a few, well, uh, getting minutes. And their new signing of, of, of course, Ben White at 4.5. So investing in the defense also would not be a bad idea. So I think like I think Arsenal and Leeds, when you look at the def- their fixtures, it's possible to uh, rotate between their defenders. So maybe if you look at Ben White and Luke Ayling, it's possible to rotate between the two, who are 4.5 defenders based on their fixtures. Yeah, but do you think then, they might just get chances like right, yeah. off, the, like, right, like right off the start? But he, because I he don't, looks like a recent signing. Yeah, I don't see why not. Because, I mean, he is adapted. He is from the Premier League itself. So, when a player, say, like, Varan is coming from somewhere else, then it might be difficult to adapt. But I think Ben White, he does not, he at least does not need to adapt to uh, the Premier League. He is from the Premier League itself. So, yeah, I don't see why he might not start straight away. Okay, I don't I'm not sure. Let's see. Anything to add, Tavi? Yeah, I I agree that uh, he isn't coming from a different league. He is from the Premier League itself. But at the same time, uh, uh, Arsenal are a very uh, uh, tactics-oriented team. So it may t- take time for him to adjust. Uh, yeah. Now that I think of it, it, it right. could be a wait and watch. Who do they have in centre-back right now? They have uh, Gabriel. I think that's what his name is. Gabriel, who they signed last year from yeah. the French League and did really well. They have Rob Holding, who was playing last season. They have yeah. David Lewis. I'm not sure if he's still there. And, uh, that's who they were playing last year. They right. also have Callum so Chambers, have... but he was playing more of a right mm. back role last season. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I guess Ben White would be a slight risk, starting risk. But apart from that, they... Mustafi. I think Mustafi has left. And he was long gone. Okay. So Saliba is also out. White is also out. Yeah, I think at 5.5, Smithrow could be an option. I think they'll be... But, of course, there are two... You could also go for the other defenders, centre-backs or other defenders. If you can afford like Tierney, etc., because they do have decent fixtures and can be rotated with a team like Leeds for defense and some decent uh, options in midfield, also cheap options. Mm-hmm. Then, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. And I'll just break it a bit because uh, the gold has been confirmed. So, Neera Chopra has nice. been in Chavin throw. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Let's Oops. add a clapping thing. Right <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll add a sound. Yeah. Then moving on to Aston Villa. Aston Villa is a little difficult because it's only their first three fixtures that are really good. But those first three fixtures are really, really good because they have Watford, Newcastle, and Brentford. And after that, they have Chelsea, Everton, United, Tottenham, and then Arsenal, West Ham also in the first 10 fixtures. So it's really difficult to choose. And also now, since Ings is in, it's a little 
Watkins is no more an option, really. I mean, because there's rotation risk. And plus, there is no Grealish, who is a big part of their team. So, I'm not so sure anymore about whether I would be going for an Aston Villa player. And otherwise, they do have some good uh, options in midfield, like Buenedia. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He's 6.5. And Buendia. Buendia. And I think there's a Leon Bailey is also just only 5 million. But so they do have good options, but their fixtures. It's, it's probably if you're taking a player from Aston Villa, you should, you'll probably only be having for the first three uh, game weeks. So you're basically booking a booking a transfer at the beginning if you're taking an Aston Villa player. Then you have Chelsea, Chelsea. So in the first six game weeks, they have just Crystal Palace as a good fixture because they otherwise they have Arsenal, Liverpool. Aston Villa, Tottenham, and City. So in the first six game weeks, I don't, for me personally, it does not make sense to take any Chelsea player. But post those six, post City, the sixth game week, they have Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, and Newcastle. So they have four teams that are near the bottom, who are likely to be near the bottom. So I think post that, it's likely a good time to transfer some Chelsea players. So you have options like Chilwell, you have Mount Havertz, uh, and Werner up top. So yeah, possibly bench them six, six or two. If I don't have like a Yeah, but that's a risk because you have a pretty expensive player benched on your team, mm. and yeah, that's a little difficult to do. At least what I from what I've experienced in FPL. To have a really good player bench for the first six game weeks is not a good option. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then I think City are in a similar position where they have, the, for the first seven game weeks, they have Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea and Liverpool in the first seven game weeks. They have some five average to difficult fixtures. They only they have a few good fixtures in the middle, say Norwich and Southampton, that's all. But post-Liverpool, they have Burnley, Brighton and... Burnley is also quite quite a difficult fixture, I think, because uh, Burnley is a team like Prindabin, like really physically like, really who are, strong. Like, who are not prone to the rotation, that is KDB. Or, uh, they just we lost you in between. I think we'll have to repeat. Who? Uh, we lost you in between. When you started talking about Burnley, I think. Huh. Burnley? Okay. I was talking about the fixtures, right? So I was saying that in the first seven fixtures, they have Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, and Liverpool. I'm talking about City. Can yeah. you guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got you. Yes. So then only after Liverpool do they have Burnley, Brighton, and Crystal Palace in the last 10 fixtures. So that's their 7th, 8th, and uh, sorry, their 8th, 9th, and 10th game week. So it is a risk because it's, I mean, but at the same time, it is uh, City. So there's also slight, there's, you can take the risk. And, but then the other problem is the rotation problems. 
and so there are only very, there are very few players who are free from the rotation risk that is maybe ds and kdb but they are really expensive options so having them for the first seven game weeks where they don't have the best of games i think that would be a big risk to take and especially now that they have greenish so that means even a, even bigger rotation risk yeah then then we have united united are have have put them in the mix in the a mixture of uh, good and bad fixtures uh, table so they are starting off with leeds southampton wolves newcastle west ham and aston villa and everton so up till here to the first seven game weeks i they have a good run of decent fixtures so but post that is where the i think for the next two months seven eight game weeks they have a continuous uh, they have continuous very difficult fixtures it starts off with leicester then liverpool tottenham and goes and i think they have chelsea and city also in the next coming game weeks so i think for the first seven game weeks you i would invest into at least a player or two from united and then when we re- approach the liverpool liverpool around the 8th 7th 8th uh, game week i would start i would start taking out the players and probably then bring in maybe some city players instead to replace the united players so but for the first seven games i think they have some really good options we have uh, in defense we have some good options we have van bissaka maguire shaw all at 5.5 and i was concerned about shaw's injury but he's playing uh, today's friendly against uh, preseason friendly against everton so shaw is likely to start and then we have fernandez at 12 million of course sancho greenwood at sancho 9.5 although uh, solskjaer said that he is probably going to start on the bench for the first game week so it's not like it's, it's unlikely that he would uh, start the game then we have greenwood at 7.5 and marshall as well so i have yeah i'll talk about greenwood more in my uh, when we come to my draft yeah anything you guys have to add so far my mouth is dry <clears throat> yeah the united defense looks nice actually uh first seven game weeks are pretty good having one of either uh, van bissak or shaw looks like a good thing i was if i was worried yeah. about shaw I was worried about Shaw not only because it makes the field decision tougher, but also because the United defense would be slightly weaker. Uh, the other left back is also injured, uh, Alex Telles. Yeah, but, uh, then Shaw you have back to depend on Williams. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right. he started today, so that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, Good. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm convinced for Man United now, and I feel I do need to back them maybe as much as Liverpool. Yeah, at least two players. So I'll clump up some teams now. So, for example, Newcastle, Watford, they have some. uh... One second. Ah, right. Newcastle, Watford, and Wolves. I wrote Watford twice. That's what I was going to say. Uh, 
they have some decent fixtures, but again, there are teams that are likely to be near the bottom. So they have very few very difficult games, but at the same time, their easy games, their green games, or their grey games aren't really going to be extremely um, unlikely to be. It's risky to have, expect them to be fruitful. So you have you could go for players like Wilson. The forward from Newcastle, who's seven point five million, like, which a lot of teams are taking, a lot of players, people are taking. Then from Watford, you have Sar at six point six million. So he's another midfielder who a lot of uh, players are taking. And from Wolves, you could possibly go for the defence, but that would also that should be after the first three fixtures because they have Leicester, Tottenham, and United in the first three fixtures. Yeah. So otherwise, you could go for Sai at five million or Gordy at four point five million. Or semi-dot yeah. five as well. So the thing with Wolves yeah. is though that uh, their manager has changed, and uh, uh, it right. seems. Uh, I mean, earlier they had a very defensive manager, and now it seems that the new manager is more of an attacking manager. So I think Wolves is definitely okay. a wait and watch. Uh, they do right. have a nice forward in Dahul Jimenez, and if yeah, uh, who is coming back from a head injury, and that is kind of. Yeah. Uh, Mix is unsure as to whether he'd be at his uh, 100% best again as he was before, because before he mm. was a very good uh, player and a very nice player to own. I think his price has dropped a bit. He's around 7.5. Yeah, 7.5 now. Yeah, that's uh, I think a very good price if Tao Jimenez is like uh, what he was before. Uh, something who I'll definitely be keeping keeping an eye on throughout this season, right. but not at the beginning definitely. It's a wait and watch. Yeah. Yeah. Then coming to Tottenham, the the manager who has whose manager has also changed and is a defensive man, minded manager, right? I think the Wolves uh, manager. Yeah, yeah, the Wolves exactly. manager. So no, the no. defensive manager from Wolves has gone to Spurs. So we, Achha. you could, they do have a bunch of difficult fixtures. They have the starting off with City, then they have Wolves, then they have Watford, Crystal Palace, but then after they have Chelsea, Aston, and. Uh, Aston Villa, so they have a mixture of good and bad fixtures. A few good fixtures between bad fixtures, but again, I think Son is a really good option at ten point ten million. And we have, of course, at defense if you want to take the risk, then you have Regulon at five million, and of course there's Kane at twelve point five. But again, yeah, we have to wait and see how things progress with Kane. And me personally, I would rather not take Son if there is no Kane. So, if there's no Kane, then I'm probably not going to take Son at all. I don't think I'll 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 avoid Spurs completely. Then, another team that has a few mixture of good fixtures is West Ham. West Ham in their first ten fixtures, they have Leicester. The difficult fixtures they have is Leicester United. And probably Tottenham. They have they have Leeds and Villa as well. But apart from that, they have some really good fixtures that they could uh, get a lot. They have a lot, they, they could get a lot of goals from or clean sheets. So they have Newcastle, they have Crystal Palace, they have Southampton, they have Brentford. So they have a few good, really good fixtures. So defensive players that you uh, you can invest in the defense. So you have Sufal at five point five million. Quite a good. Uh, Euros as well, and last season also he played really well. Then you have Cresswell at 
and in the forward line you have Antoni at 7.5 million. So he's another of those 7.5 million midfielders, uh, attackers that a lot of people are going for. Yeah, yeah. West Ham yeah. does look like and a good team to invest in, especially the defense. They are a primarily defensive team. And right. Something like Sufal or uh, if possible, Westwell. I'm not very sure. Yeah. Westwell is a bit I'm more expensive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's expensive. Yeah. I think he if you want to invest in West Ham defense, I think Sufal is the go-to. He's yeah. Yeah. Uh, at five, but I think. He is a, someone who can get attacking returns as well. Yeah. And he starts thus attacking. Yeah. And they're very good fixtures as well. Coming to, yeah, they're very good fixtures. A few bad fixtures here and there, but apart from that, they have some really good fixtures. And then some teams that have difficult fixtures is Brentford. So Brentford start of little difficult. Start of a little average. They have Arsenal. Then they have Crystal Palace, but then they have Villa, then they have Brighton Bulls, and after that they have a lot of difficult games. Four continuous difficult games. They have okay, I said four difficult games, but they have West Ham in the middle, which is also red for some reason. They have Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, and Leicester. So Brentford, a new team that really uh, that just got promoted. So. I think for me, I don't want to take the risk. If at all, I think there's, there's just then you would probably go for their forward Tony at 6.5 million. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm personally not going to take the risk. What about you guys? Yeah, he is also the penalty taker, and he is slightly yeah. cheaper. And if you need to free up funds, if you desperately need to free up funds as elsewhere, yeah, I could go for him. Yeah. yeah. I have in my team. You know, right I can now. see Brentford being the next lead. So. Yeah, they do have a sort of Maverick style of play, uh, slightly more attacking and things yeah. like that. But uh, I don't know if I, if I'll jump to say that they're uh, the leads sort of team. But uh, Tony being the penalty taker, having a good record in the championship with goals and assists, uh, yeah, and having a lower price, kind of. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 a bit convinced because of that. So I do have him in my team right now, and I may probably end up with him as well in my final. Right, I think it makes sense. You could probably take him for the first few fixtures, but yeah. 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 Then another in the list of difficult fixtures, there's Burnley. Burnley have. They start off with Brighton, but then after that they have Liverpool, then they have Leeds, Everton, Arsenal, Leicester. And then they have Norwich, but then again they have City. So their first seven fixtures is filled with the really difficult uh, fixtures. So usually it's their defence that is their selling point. So you have Tarkovsky, Lowton and me at 5, 4.5 million respectively. So that's why I think Burnley would be a little difficult to take from currently. but. A lot of people have uh, people have a lot of good things to say for their 4.5 midfielder Brownhill, who is considered the most attacking 4.5 midfielder amongst the available 4.5. So, if you are looking for a possible 4.5 midfielder, I think Brownhill is an option. Yeah. Then teams like Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Southampton again really difficult fixtures. They have 
Crystal Palace has Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal and City in their first 10. Then Norwich has their start of really very difficult, a newly promoted team. They start off with Liverpool, City, Leicester and Arsenal. So, I think, again, Crystal Palace, yeah, really tough start for Norwich. Then Southampton also have a bunch of difficult fixtures throughout the 10. So, they have they start off with Everton and United. Then they have West Ham, then they have City also, they have Chelsea as well, and Leeds. So I think these three are teams that I would avoid. Yeah, I think that's all from my side for fixed to go. Yeah. And so, it's interesting to sum it up teams that are good. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was just looking, at, there are some teams which. Uh, are kind of an avoid at the beginning, but we really can't avoid them for a very long time. Uh, for example, Chelsea, uh, once we do find out who's starting in defense and things like that, maybe you'll want to invest right. in, in them more. Uh, so like teams like City. Chelsea and City, yeah. Yeah. So also teams like Aston Villa, maybe, I, I don't know, I'm not sure about the games after this, but their run may, may improve after these four games. And maybe you'll want some players from them. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the game week seven is, uh, I was going to discuss this when I show my draft. Yeah, okay, so I showed them. I'll talk about it then. Yeah. I think we can move on to our drafts now then, if there's anything else, it's just nothing else. Yeah, go ahead with the draft. Okay, yeah, so Shitaj has a 4-4-2 formation with a pretty strong bench, actually. And he has Sanchez in goal. Uh, in defense, he has Diaz, uh, Matt Target, John Stones, and Luke Shaw. So doubling up on the City defense. Um, in midfield, he has Mendy from uh, Leicester, uh, Mo Salah, uh, Fernandez, and Jorginho. Uh, up front, he has Calvert Lewin and Watkins right now. Uh, and he uh, on his bench, he has the second playing goalkeeper. Uh, so he may be looking for the defensive. Uh, I mean, the goalkeeper rotation of Messier and Sanchez. Uh, his, on the bench, he has Dunk as the centre-back from Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dal- Dallas from Leeds and Wood from Burnley. So, Shivich, your thoughts uh, so, from last time and how you've changed like, it? Yeah, yeah so after, after last time we spoke about this, right? So, I thought like I might not spend so much money uh, for my goalkeepers, right? Because I think I had like two first-team goalkeepers in my previous draft, right? So I thought of yeah. going with Sanchez because he was like slightly cheaper, but he also had like a consistent form throughout, right? Uh, yeah. In so I, th- I thought I thought I'll just go with him for now. Like for the first, we can see like how he performs, and then like possibly just rotate him with uh, with the leads like a goalkeeper. I don't know. I don't know. Mezlier. Mezlier. So yeah, just I'll probably use him to like rotate my goalkeeper. And uh, so I went with uh, I removed my other defender from from my defense and added Diaz because overall I think like in the Premier League United City's uh, defense is like really good like it's hard to get 
it's hard to like penetrate through their defense so i am just relying on that for now like just my my main idea behind like just picking these two defenders was just based on like last season's performances right so i just went with diaz and stones because i think diaz is also also like a regular starter of the team right so he could yeah, yeah. more minutes yeah diaz is a, a sure starter yeah yeah so so yeah that that's what that's what i went with and then i got mendy uh i don't know who who did i replace it with uh i didn't have like yeah so i i got uh, calvert lewin after that i didn't have much money to spend like i had no where else to uh spend that money and so i just got mendy because he was like a cheaper option in the midfield and then yeah i just went for him but i didn't know what to do i don't i i was i was hesitating to not pick jorginho because he's I, apparently he's he's also the penalty kick taker for chelsea right yeah he is like i'm just kind of holding holding that off like ah you can get me so many points based on like the number of penalties that are happening in the premier league with the var var system right like like fernandez is last time like most of his goals came from the penalties only yeah. so uh, yeah just just that just that aspect of the game is kind of making me not drop jorginho and pick any other player but So so yeah, like for now, I'm just I'm just keeping him there. I'm just gonna give give it more thought on which player would be like a better replacement for the first uh, like like first like few weeks of games, right? And then probably bring him on like later on when when the when the fixtures are good in like uh, for for Chelsea. Uh, okay. Probably like replace like one of one of the other like Mendy and like probably like, uh, Watkins. Those two players, like these three players, are like I'm not I'm not put I'm not quite sure about them as to like how they how well they will do, but I'm just kind of relying on my on my Diaz's, Stones, Shaw, Salah, Fernandez, and Calvert Lewin. But all yeah. others are just like kind of. Just there, who might who might be who might be transferred for another player like during the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think, think uh, uh, having a good foundation and picking players that you really like hmm. is the good thing to do. So you you said you picked Salah, Fernandez, Stones, Diaz, and Calvert Lewin, and that's like your base. And Shaw hmm. included. And the rest of it, you're based a bit around that. I think that's a nice thing to do, but I'm not very sure if uh, I don't know. Uh, see, uh, picking two goalkeepers was so expensive. So you have you're spending I think about nine point five on goalkeepers. Yeah, if, close to four point yeah. five and five. Yeah, exactly. So if you do just pick one goalkeeper, yeah, and play him all the time. You could save one million here, and then you you know upgrade one of these other players. Acha, but yeah, so but the thing is the thing is, uh, like which goalkeeper should I like when 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 you pick like a uh, a goalkeeper for the bench, right? Who who can possibly replace your first goalkeeper? Like what criteria do you do you look for? Like in terms um, of statistics and everything. 
see uh, the thing with goalkeepers is they have a very low uh, ceiling but that i mean that the kind of points which they can get uh-huh. is is kind of very low so that is why most people don't like to invest in them too much okay 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 and uh, that's why uh, people don't like to s- spend that extra 1 million or the 1 and 1/2 million in the goalkeepers okay and uh, yeah so that is why generally what uh, people prefer to do is you pick a goalkeeper you stick with him for a while okay. and then uh, you just don't have a, a rotation option on the bench at all got it yeah. okay and that is why most people are taking foster now foster is a 4 million uh, player that's the minimum possible and uh, he may play or he may not play for uh, for uh, watford but uh, if he plays then well and good and if he doesn't play then uh, i mean you won't expecting a 4 million goalkeeper to play anyway right <laughs> so that's the thing and uh, yeah that's the uh, uh idea that i have also i think uh, just looking at your team i think you are relying uh, also what teams prefer to do is you try and pick uh players who are sort of more attacking so for example wing backs you would prefer to take luke shaw rather than taking harry maguire right because there's a possibility yes. that he gets a goal he gets an assist yeah so taking players like uh, you've taken three center backs in stones diaz and dunk hmm i mean they can get the odd goal from the headers etc etc pieces but uh, relying on three of them i mean obviously there is a fact that you cannot take a city defender uh, a wing back uh, who's short to start we don't know who's going to start every game whether it's going to be cancelo uh, zinchenko or uh walker okay. okay so does it matter like if if a center back plays in a left back or a right back position no, no, nothing no, no nothing at all so oh, okay, okay, okay yeah they, they get points just based on like how, uh, they, how play. they play yeah so if, if they score a goal you get six points it doesn't matter this is just like a visual representation yeah. and uh, yeah so i just uh, uh, yeah generally what teams also do is they just have one sort of bench for the player because <laughs> uh, who you don't expect to bring on and at any time it's just there so that doesn't take too many funds yeah but i i think you're playing for the first time and uh, so i think that way you've gotten a uh, kind of a strong base at least <laughs> also like i i didn't know like what to do with dallas right because dallas has good numbers Uh, when it comes to like the amount of minutes he has played, yeah. how many chances he has created, all of that, like I can't just uh, like not take that into account and just let him go and get like a a, a player who can like at least fit the bench, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so that part I I didn't know whether or not to stick with Dallas or. or yeah. So Dallas got a lot of points last season because he was classified as a defender, <laughs> but. he actually played for midfield in leeds so what that means is uh, defenders get extra points when there is a clean sheet right 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 but at the same time because he was playing in midfield and he was kind of attack he was playing in a very attacking leeds team he was getting some goals as well so he was mm-hmm. getting the added benefits of both so he was playing a bit of front 
um, but at the same time, he's getting points for the defense as well. That right. is why he had a lot of points. Now, this season, he's classified as a midfielder, so he will not get those extra defensive points, uh, okay. which he would have gotten otherwise. Uh, so that is why I think a lot of uh, taking Dallas is kind of risky now. And in fact, maybe kind of counterproductive because Dallas may end up playing in defense again. I mean, they're not got sure. It, got it. Uh, so, yeah, that's what it is with Dallas. But I think he's a, he's quite a cheap player. I think he's a 5.5. And uh, as a bench option, as is, uh, yeah, definitely good. Yeah. But, like, I, I didn't... I didn't... Want him to like to stay in the bench. I, I was thinking of possibly like rotating Mendy and Dallas. Like yeah, yeah. now trying to see based on like how Mendy's doing. Yeah, see, Mendy is uh, uh, he's not a very good pick actually. Uh, he's a defensive midfielder, and defensive midfielders are a no-no uh, generally in the game because they do not uh, get any points for the defense, and they are not likely to get goals at all. So. It's, Central defensive midfielders are just players who you know you'll get two points with. Okay, so, so do they get? Sorry, sorry, Yeah, so in this team, even in this team, I'd rather have Dallas over Mendy all the time. I mean, you don't expect Mendy to score at all. What you do expect is him to get two points and maybe one extra point for a clean sheet, and that's it. Achha. So, like CDMs just get. Uh... Clean sheet points and like playing time points. No, they don't even. So they get playing time points, two points for playing time for about 60 minutes. And if they get a clean sheet, they get one extra point. Achha, achha. Yeah. Whereas defenders get four extra points okay. for clean sheets. Yeah. 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 If, if like once like the Baran deal comes in, I'll probably switch these guys and they get Baran. Put them in the defense. Okay. Probably get like a. A more like a stable defender on my because I know Salah and Fernandez would would do well even even Jorginho for the for the after the first six weeks um, like first like three, six weeks I don't know who else to put next to Salah Fernandez and Jorginho or like or Dallas. yeah so, so even Jorginho is actually a center defending midfielder. And uh, like you said, he, he is the penalty taker, and that's why he does get some points. Yeah. Right. But uh, the thing is, this year they are changing some rules with respect to the uh, penalties uh, in the Achha. Premier League. So we may see, uh, we'll probably see a reduction in the number of penalties this season. Yeah. So Jorginho isn't a very exciting pick as well. And especially if they sign a striker and if the forwards become better at penalty taking, which they generally are, forwards are generally better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may be off penalty duties, but at the same time, he's very, very good at penalties. So he probably will not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Also, another thing is uh, Ollie Watkins. Now, uh, since Aston Villa have signed Danny Ings, uh, mm-hmm. he, Danny Ings will probably start as the centre forward, and Watkins may play to the left. So, okay. Watkins may not be a very good option as well. And that seven point five, uh, that is the price of Watkins. There are other strikers pretty good as well. So. Maybe you could go for them. I mean, uh, now Watkins kind of becomes like a waiting watch because we don't know where he's going to play. Okay. So I'll uh, quickly go through my team uh, as well. Atiris, are you there? Can you hear us and can you speak? Yeah. So can you hear me? That you're here. Yeah, yeah, we can hear. Yeah, yeah. So Atiris, uh, if 
you can see the screen. I'm just showing your team. Okay, you can go through. Yeah. That. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I'll, starting yeah. at goalkeeper. Yeah. Go go. Yeah. At goalkeepers, I have Sanchez and Foster. Sanchez because four point five. Don't want to invest too much. Earlier, I, in my previous draft, I had uh, the Aston Villa goalkeeper, but again, Martinez. But again, they only, they only only the first three fixtures are really good, so it does not make sense. I don't, and I don't want to book transfers for goalkeepers, so it does not make sense to go for a Villa goalkeeper, go for uh, Martinez. So Sanchez at four point five seems like a really good option. I do have that point five extra in the bank, so in case I want to go for some other. Uh, Goalkeeper, say like Pickford or the lead goalkeeper. So at five, or even if I want to go for United goalkeeper, maybe because I think uh, Henderson is injured, so it's likely that De Gea would be starting. So I could go for him as well at five. So I can figure that out later on, but I think I'm most likely going to be sticking to Sanchez. And then in defense, I have uh, Ben White, who after who's who I'm likely to take out for another Arsenal defender or uh, yeah, go take. I'm most likely to go for Shaw now since I know he's starting in defense. So there will be changes in this team. And uh, then I have gone for Trent. Trent is most likely to stay in my team because I want a Liverpool defender who's attacking. It's like they're likely to get attacking returns, which is why he's there. Then I have Weltman. Weltman, I am probably going to take out from my team because I already have Sanchez, so I don't want to double up on the defense of uh, Brighton. So I'm likely, I'm most likely in the defense. I'm going to be I have Luke Ayling, so I'm going to have Luke Ayling, Trent, Shaw, and I'm probably going to take an, an Arsenal defender instead of uh, Weltman because Arsenal and Leeds have good rotation possibilities. So for my defense and goalkeeper. And then in midfield, there is Salah, Fernandez, Greenwood, Rafinha, and Brownhill is my 4.5 midfielder. So Brownhill, again, they have bad fixtures, but I mean, I don't expect much from 4.5 midfielders, so might as well take a little risk there when it comes to a 4.5 midfielder. And Brownhill being the most attacking uh, 4.5 midfielder available, that's why I've gone for him. And apart from that, Salah and Fernandez is likely to stay. And I was considering Sancho in the middle, but Sancho is not likely to start the first first game at least. So I'm not going to be taking him. And that's where Greenwood comes in. So I was looking at the United team and I was thinking, okay, Cavani is um, not fit. He, had, he didn't play for about five weeks after uh, playing for Uruguay. And he's late to training. Then we have Sancho, Rashford who's out. Sancho who is not who's also not going to start straight away. So that's left with Greenwood, Martial, who's probably going to play up front. We have Greenwood, James, Lingard. Lingard also, who we just got the news that he contracted Corona. So he contracted COVID. So therefore, I think Greenwood at 7.5 and custom fixtures of United is an So I might but I'm probably, if I have to fit in Shaw, I might have to take on Greenwood. So I'll have to think about that. 
which is why I think green person is an excellent option. And Rafinha, again, an excellent option at 6.5 for leads for leads. Then at uh, in the forward position, so I earlier had options, uh, but after signing things and after British leaving, I have I reconsidered, and that's where I brought in Wilson. And uh, I don't uh, want to invest in an extremely expensive forward, say Vardy or Kane, at the moment, and that's where I've gone for three. Uh, forward instead of having one forward with that 4.5 and having the other one and two good forwards, two excellent forwards, I decided I'll go three mid range forwards and Talbot Lewin. Everton has excellent fixtures, New, uh, West Ham have good fixtures, Newcastle have decent fixtures. So this is where these started. Yeah. Hey, is it the same comment from you? Is he, is he in Newcastle now? Or is, it, is this no. a different This is a different one. This is Karen Wilson. Okay, okay. That was James Wilson and he's kind of obscure now. We don't know where he is actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this looks like a, yeah. a nice team. The yeah. defense of White and Weltman, I'm not very sure about. Yeah, like and, I said, uh, I'm probably going to take them out. So I'm going to go for Shaw yeah. and... I'm going to maybe go for another Arsenal defender. Because Arsenal, they do have City and Liverpool, I think, or City and Chelsea in the first three games. But then after uh, after that, they have a set of really good games. But, but you've, you've, you've gone for two full-backs. Like, two full-backs get more points as to how many like attacking runs they make? or do they Full-backs are more likely to get attacking returns. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, they get, there are points for that. Based on like how many? No, as in they don't get different points. As in just because they're a fullback, or but defenders have, I think they get six for a goal and five for an assist. So okay, if you're going for a defender, it would make sense to go for a player who's likely to get attacking returns, right? So if you go for a centre back who's less likely to score goals or get an assist, got it's it. better to take a wing back for the same price. Got it. Got it. So it's not that you need to have two centre backs and two wing backs or etc. You can have four wing backs or five wing backs also in your team. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. adding to what so they just you get three points for an assist wherever whichever position you play. In. Even defenders. Yeah, yeah. It's only goals that they get a lot of points for. Yeah, so for goals, it's yeah. uh, okay. forwards get four points. Midfielders get five points and defenders get six points. But for assists, was this the same last assist. season also? It's always been the same. Wow. Okay. I think I'm getting confused with Euros. Euros then. Yeah, probably. Although in the yeah. Euros as well, it it was also three in the Euros. I think. Yeah. Okay. My bad then. But yeah, anyway, goals at goal returns they have high. Yeah. And plus, then you should look at clean sheets also. Clean sheets have a have four points for clean sheets. So. Yeah. So looking at these two, Antonio and Wilson, I don't know. I'd be a lot more comfortable taking one of them because both of them are very injury prone. That is something you can keep in mind. That's true. I should I should keep. I'm so forward. I'm not convinced about Wilson yet, 
So in my team, I'm going to be changing White and Weltman for sure. Greenwood, I'm still debating. If I'll be able to fit in him with Shaw, then I'll think about it because otherwise, I'll have to book in three transfers seven game weeks later, seven eight game weeks later. So I have to consider whether I'm going to triple down on United. And from forwards, I'm not convinced about Wilson. Yeah. But apart from that, I think my team is pretty much set. Yeah, I think Greenwood is a very good option because uh, yeah, he does tend to score. And uh, considering Sancho has just come in, and uh, yeah. Rashford is out, and uh, Cavani and has, hasn't come back. Yeah, so, right. So it does look like Greenwood will get a lot of game time. Yeah, and he's not been selected by a lot of people, so I think that's why I really am keen on taking Greenwood. Yeah, nice move. It could be a good differential. Yeah, okay. I'll just go to my team as well quickly. So uh, my team is kind of similar to Tejas's. Uh, I have Sanchez and oh, no. Foster at the goalkeepers. <laughs> I have uh, Trent and Alexander Arnold, uh, Shaw, Ben White. And uh, Luke Ayling in defense. So Luke Ayling is on the bench right now. Um, in midfield, I have the four of uh, Fernandez and Salah. I have also have Gundogan and then Rafinha. Up front, I have uh, Ivan Tony, uh, Ignacio, and Calvert Lewin. And uh, on the bench, I have Foster and Ayling, who I mentioned before. And along with them, I have uh, Brownhill and Shane Duffy from Brighton. So uh, again, I, I, after today's discussion, I think I will have to change Ben White. Although I'm not sure about whether it will go to another Arsenal. I would like it to go to another Arsenal player, but I'm not very sure about who will start and who will get more game time. So uh, I'm a bit unsure about uh, who I will go to from White. Uh, but uh, there are players at a 4.5 bracket uh, who I think we can pick. Um, the other kind of spots which I'm not very sure about are Gundogan and uh, Ivan Tony. I'm not very sure about Calvert Lewin either because there's a new manager and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, Gundogan, I've picked because uh, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked at the latest team news from Man City. It looks like uh, uh, I don't know actually if. Uh, uh, De Bruyne is back. If De Bruyne is not back, then I'd be more keen on taking Gundogan. Um, He's injured yeah. right now. Okay. I think I just saw the news that uh, him and Foden didn't uh, aren't playing. They're injured. But okay. Grealish is yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, th- that that would kind of convince me that Gundogan may play a slightly attacking role, and I may want to have yeah. him. And uh, despite the kind of tough fixtures, um, yeah, th- that's where I'm at right now. So uh, I'm quite fixed on Fernandez, Salah, Inacho, Calvert Lewin, Shaw, uh, uh, Alexander Arnold. Not very sure about the other spots. And uh, I did uh, for a while think about whether I should take Fernandez or whether I should not take Fernandez because if we, if the I was just uh, telling Shitesh that the number of penalties may go down this season because of some changes in the rules. So that kind of... And Fernandez didn't do very well towards the end of the season. Whether or not that will carry over, we don't know. Um, United have also signed Sancho. Whether Sancho will take away some of these attacking points from Fernandez, we really don't know uh, exactly what may happen. But the thing is... Uh, I think I'll stick with him. 
uh, the advantage also is that say the cane to Man City transfer does happen, uh, and uh, in that case, cane would become an essential. Uh, you can directly free up funds from Fernandez and go for cane. So that is another thing which I had in mind, and. Uh, yeah, again, aiming would be sort of a rotation with one of uh, these, uh, with the uh, Ben White or whoever else I take over here. And uh, yeah, I also have 0.5 million in the bank uh, in case I want to upgrade any of these players. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I don't have any very uh, differential sort of players, but. Uh, I don't mind starting the season kind of safe. Apart from maybe Gundogan is not being taken yeah. by a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. And also, I'll just add here that uh, in Nacho, uh, I did remember saying last week that I wasn't sure if he'll get the minutes, but it sounds like, I mean, from a press conference by Brendan Rogers, it seems that Patson Daka will be eased in. So, and Nacho in the preseason games, I think, has been also taking penalties. And uh, so, yeah, Inacho seems like slightly more convincing, especially after he finished well last season. And he's probably in uh, Brendan Rogers' uh, good books. Uh, yeah, the last thing yes. which I wanted to good say to was... Hear. Yeah, the last thing which I wanted to say was I would probably looking be looking to uh, play my wildcard chip around the seventh game week mark. I mean, after the seventh game week. Uh, because the fixtures turn... I mean, the fixtures shift, you know, they, they'll shift for at least City and yeah. Chelsea. And, uh, also City, Chelsea and United. Right. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, I have two United players and I have one from Chelsea, one from City, possibly. Um, so, yeah, I will be looking to play my wild card and uh, around the seventh game week because also there is an international break then and you can really kind of target the price rises. So, uh, Shadish, the wild card is uh, chip which uh, the FPL game offers you, uh, where you basically can switch uh, the, your entire team out and bring out uh, and bring new players. So oh, you get okay. this chip twice a season, and you get it once in the first half. So the first 18 game weeks, you can use it anytime, and then after that, in the next 18 game weeks, you can use a second wild card chip anytime. Got it. Yeah. So you can also plan to when you want to use this wildcard chip. So essentially, this team, which I'm looking at, I, I'm right now, I mean, at this moment in time, I don't know how things are going to be a week later, but right now I, I'm thinking only primarily of the first seven game weeks, and I'm not thinking beyond that too much. Right. So I, I personally don't like planning chips because you never know when you need, when you need one. So I don't like to plan out that okay i'm going to use a chip but it's most likely that it will be used during that during those game weeks but yeah and from your team i'll just add that you know, again yeah guntogan i think is a risk considering him grealish is now here so but if kdb does not come back then yeah so then it makes sense to take guntogan i think guntogan would be like i think he's like cheap also he's around 6.5 7 he's 7.5 actually 7.5. So that's yeah. the same price as Greenwood. So you could think yes. about that. Yeah. But then tripling up on United, then yeah. just, you know, <laughs> not very sure. But if you are planning a chip in game week 7, then that 
United would be perfect because after after game week seven is when the difficult fixtures start. Yeah. So yeah, apart from that, I think yeah, Tony is a little bit of a punt that you've taken, and you know, Nacho, now that you say it, I might bring him in from for Wilson, if you are saying that it's likely that he's going to start. Yeah, that's all yeah. I have to add for your team. Likely and hopeful that he will start. Yeah. I, I think I think Rafinha is a really good addition to your team. Like because like I, I don't know much about like this fantasy Premier League, but like last we last season we had a really good season and Ailing Ailing also like pretty much starts like every game in like in this season, right? Yep. As, as I saw in the documentary, like he didn't even miss like one game. I think he get like a lot of minutes, and I think he's a bright back or something, right? Yeah, full back, I think. So, possibly yeah, yeah. he's a right back, and uh, but unfortunately, last season he got nothing. What? He didn't get nothing. Yeah, he got no returns, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to- Tony was something like I, I, I don't know. I've never heard of this player before. Is is he like? A, Stoke City player or no, no, he's from Brentford. Achha, he's Brentford. Okay. Yeah. Stoke are think, languishing at the bottom of the second league. And they're kind of in obscurity now. So Ivan Tony, he is uh, one of the few players to have scored to have gotten 10 goals and 10 assists in, uh, in the championship last season. And mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah, he, he's done very well in the uh, championship last season and Probably do well this year as well. He also takes penalties, so that can that's kind of an advantage. Okay. Yeah, and one more thing I like about your team is Gundogan, right? Like he 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 is he's kind of like Man City's wild card, right? Like at in, in so many like phases of City's like games, there have been times when Gundogan has scored in like each and every game, like so like six, seven games, like Manchester he has scored in every game. So I yeah. think he has those he has that uh, X factor in him, I guess, to, to get like, get you like a lot of points in the midway through the season when when those phases come around. So I think I think you should you should hold him off, like like keep him in the bench, like until he is injured. Uh, like once once he's back, like probably you should put him in the squad. Like. No, no, he, he is playing. Yeah, but right I, now he's injured, right? Like he's no, no, he he's definitely playing. Uh, oh, okay, okay. De Bruyne is injured. Foden is injured, so that is why I mean, last season, uh, like you were saying, so for six, seven games, Gundogan had an excellent run. Yeah, uh, he scored in quite a few of those games, and that was when uh, that was actually when uh, uh, De Bruyne was injured. Oh. So he was getting into slightly more attacking positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is why uh, I was leaning on him a bit. Yeah. But I am like, the right time. Last last uh, season, yeah. Like one thing, it. yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you guys was like, why did you guys pick Calvert Lewin? Like, I haven't seen his seen how he played like last season. Like, what was the reason? Is it is it just the number of goals he scores, or is it just the number of chances he takes? He's a poacher, so I think I think that's the right term. So basically, he comes gets in the right position at the right time, and he scores. He gets his. Uh, Goals. So last season he scored a lot of goals, and so I mean that's what you want in a forward, right? Good person who gets goals. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's also really good in the air. Mm-hmm. So 
last season he played really well that's yeah last season for the first i think 15 16 game weeks uh, he always yeah. either got a goal or an assist yeah yeah he he didn't get like uh, like monster hauls where he got 15 20 points in one game week um, but he consistently got like 8 9 points yeah, he was very consistent and i think it's kind of the same with rafinha so rafinha uh also kind of kept getting some number of points 7 8 7 8 5 6 7 sort of those sort of points but uh he didn't get any sort of monster haul so that is why i'm not and leeds don't have very good fixtures so i may actually move away from rafinha uh, <laughs> initially and then get him in a little later as now his price is going to increase though how do you uh, how do you know for sure okay rafinha is going to be transferred to like one of the top teams yeah that's what the feeling was last season but uh, that somehow any hasn't manifested yet okay there's not even any rumors as to whether he may go <laughs> so maybe one more season and after that he may move but uh, this season looks a bit unlikely although things could happen yeah also there was like there was a lot of rumors about taking the lisa striker like he and what is name bamford bamford some sort of bamford bamford and or i talk about rodrigo oh yeah sorry yeah man bamford bamford yeah he ha- he has a lot of like points he got like yeah. a lot of points like last yeah. season too right based on like i think he scored like what 16 17 yeah he had a very good season actually and last season his price was also a bit low but this season he's priced at 8 okay. so that is kind of so most people are, are thinking whether bamford or rafin i mean you you won't take too many players from leeds mm-hmm. so if you compare bamford and rafinha people are just like rafinha is cheaper and he gets returns so let's might as well take rafinha that's the idea but bamford is a good option mm-hmm. also what happened towards the end of last season was uh, rodrigo the other striker at leeds he kind of uh, started to get some more game time gotcha. so bamford's minutes may reduce so that is the kind of uh, uh, slight risk which is there Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, considering uh, Leeds are bad fixtures, and we are not hundred percent sure about how many minutes Bamford is going to get, maybe that's also wait and watch. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, overall, overall, it's it's like your team is like very uh, balanced in the sense of getting points from like assists or mainly goals, right? because every player can ha- has the possibility of possibly getting an assist in this in this team so that's what you hope i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it works out that way yeah but yeah, yeah. like so what's your opinion if if i take bondia instead of rafinha for the first three games at least this is not here okay yeah, if you're booking a If you book a transfer for the first three games, then it makes sense because otherwise Leeds, it's just they have United, Everton, Burnley, and then they have Liverpool. So you're bringing him in 
Rafinha then for Liverpool. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't think you can think of a transfer between Leeds and Aston Villa. They might feel us. It doesn't make sense there. Yeah. If you're looking for an, a punt, you can go for Sar from Watford. How are the fixtures? Let's go back to the fixture. Okay? They have they have Aston Villa, Brighton, oh, then they have Tottenham. But after that, they have Wolves, Norwich, Newcastle, Leeds. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I might do that. Okay, what is yeah. a good, what is a good uh, like strategy to pick like your starting eleven? Like, what if like in this case, in this example, right? Like, uh, if it's Saka, Saka will be played as well. Yeah, so uh, I can't hear you. Can you speak a little louder? Yeah, so Saka was the player you were talking about, right? Arsenal's in there. Sar, Sar, not Sar, Sar. Oh, sorry, Sar, Sar. Uh, so, so like, how do you predict that, like, whether or not this person will start the game, like, most of most of the throughout the season? Yeah, you're not very sure, but you have to just base it on what the team was last year and how they're doing in preseason right now. <laughs> yeah, because we, because I like, I me personally, I wouldn't want any player to do like Alexis Sanchez type thing, you know, where the hype is so much and like yeah during the season, it's 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 not it's not up to the mark. Yeah, and. I think another one team that we're really not looking at at all is uh, Spurs. So there is a draft in my head where I do bring in Son. But what happens is in that situation is then you have to go for a 4.5 forward instead. So that's where I'm slightly concerned. And like Tavin, I think you were saying that you're considering possibly dropping Bruno Fernandes because if you drop Bruno Fernandes down to say a son, then you have you have another extra two million to spend somewhere else. And those two million can be used for really good upgrades. Yeah. So that's also a possibility of not taking Fernandes at all. And then you know you could possibly go for a Greenwood and shop punt from United and use that extra two million somewhere else. But yeah, that's the thought. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. Son's Son selection is mostly dependent upon like whether or not Kane stays in pose, right? Otherwise, yeah, that like for me, yeah. A lot of people would anyway take Son because I mean he does get a lot of attacking returns. Yeah, yeah. But I personally not take Son. I won't. I wouldn't take any uh, Tottenham player if there's no Kane. And then we both have a really tough start. They're they're starting with City, so yeah. So yeah, I I too think it's either Son or for any other player from uh, Tottenham, it's like a wait and watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what Brentford does because I mean I don't know if Brentford have a really nice story, so how they can do anything. So. Interesting to see how how they have. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, but they have their they use statistics and uh, analytics to decide who to take and how to go about the training, etc. So it's interesting. Okay. 
I think that's it for this time then. Yeah. Um, in a week's time, next week, oh, we will be recording the podcast just before the United game. And uh, we will, at that time, take in some, uh, I mean, obviously, we'll have some transfer dates. And uh, we will primarily be focusing on our Premier League predictions. And also, uh, if we have time, I think we can also look at the uh, our final fantasy FPL uh, teams. I think that should be quite enough. And I think we'll also have the lineups announced then, the United lineups. So we'll talk about that as well. Because the game starts at 5 p.m. IST. And uh, the lineups are announced at around 4 p.m. IST. So we should have some time to discuss that as well. So, yeah, that's it for us uh, for today. And uh, uh, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, it's kind of long this time, but uh, we did miss last week, so that's your dosage complete. Uh, oh, do like and share and subscribe, and uh, yeah, give us your feedback. And uh, we will be taking feedback, listening back to this as well, sometime in the future. And maybe we'll be the only person, people giving us the feedback, but I think we're going to keep doing it anyway because we have fun doing it. And uh, yeah, that's it uh, from us. Uh, that's it from Shitich. Bye. And that's it from Tejas. <laughs> Bye-bye. And that's it from me, Kavin. Catch you later.